Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, July 27th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Two Catholic high schools in St. Louis are trying to confront their associations with slavery. We're really on the cusp of a big turning point as the Catholic Church in the United States comes to address its histories of exploiting African Americans and indigenous people and other marginalized groups. The schools were named after prominent bishops who owned enslaved people. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson will have that story in just a few minutes. There are developments on several fronts today about the new mask mandates in St. Louis City and County. Officials are defending their decision to reimpose the restrictions to help stop the spread of coronavirus. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports. St. Louis Mayor Tashara Jones and County Executive Sam Page are implementing mask requirements as coronavirus cases begin to rise and the Delta variant of the virus sweeps Missouri. Jones says vaccination rates in the region are too low to keep the virus from spreading. She says that's particularly true in predominantly black neighborhoods. She says the majority of new cases are among black people in the region. Even if you aren't concerned for yourself, think about the people in your life and in our region who need to be protected from this virus. The federal government earlier this spring said people who had received the vaccine could refrain from wearing masks most of the time. But Jones and Page say the risk is so high in Missouri that the order is warranted. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. At the state level, Missouri's attorney general is following through on his plan to challenge the mask mandates in court. Eric Schmidt is suing St. Louis City and County. He says the restrictions violate a recent state law giving local entities, like the county council, the ability to reject COVID-19 restrictions. Schmidt's lawsuit is seeking to invalidate the mask mandates. And on the heels of that move by the Attorney General's office late yesterday afternoon, the St. Louis County Council could vote today to eliminate the renewed mandate. Some members say Executive Sam Page should have consulted them before reimposing the restriction. That's where St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis picks up the story. The county's mask mandate requires people over the age of five to wear a mask in indoor public places, even if they have received the COVID-19 vaccine. It comes as Missouri is seeing a surge in coronavirus cases sparked by the Delta variant. But some members of the county council question Page's decision. County council member Tim Fitch says he supports encouraging people to get the vaccine, but Fitch says Page overstepped his authority by issuing a mandate. Let's have a conversation about this. Ask for our support. And then let us decide on behalf of the million people that we represent in St. Louis County whether or not we think masks are appropriate to require. Page and St. Louis Mayor Deshara Jones say mask mandates are necessary to keep people safe. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. As St. Louis area officials debate the appropriate action to slow the spread of the Delta variant, the more contagious coronavirus mutation, is making inroads in Illinois. It has propelled positivity rates in some areas of that state to levels not experienced since January. Governor J.B. Pritzker last week urged unvaccinated residents to get their shots to slow the spread of the variant. These vaccines work to prevent serious illness. And we've seen that 99% of people who are dying in hospitals with COVID today in the state of Illinois are unvaccinated people. State officials say it took more than two months to get Illinois' vaccination rate from 40 percent up to 50 percent. A new study 
explores the hassles that doctors can face when trying to get paid for health care services provided to patients on Medicaid. Christine Herman reports. University of Chicago economist Josh Gottlieb says Medicaid is a critical part of the social safety net, as one in five Americans qualify based on income or having a disability. His research shows that administrative burdens, like paperwork hassles, cut into the already low payments doctors receive. This can lead to fewer doctors accepting Medicaid, which causes access issues. If you want to improve access, it's pretty clear that there are a few reasonable policy options. One is to raise reimbursements. Another is to reduce hassle. Gottlieb says more research is needed to understand whether payment denials can help prevent fraud and excessive health care spending. The findings are published in a working paper, which has not yet been peer-reviewed. I'm Christine Herman. Two Catholic high schools in St. Louis are reckoning with an uneasy history linked to slavery. They were named after prominent bishops who owned enslaved people. As the schools grapple with an appropriate response, students and parents are weighing in. St. Louis Public Radio's Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson reports. Rosani Kane High School and Bishop DeBerg are prominent Catholic high schools here in St. Louis. Rosati Kane was the first high school in St. Louis to integrate. Bishop DeBerg has notable graduates like Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey. But what's significantly less known is that the bishops they're named after owned enslaved people. Madison Miles is a senior at Bishop DeBerg. She was surprised by the revelation. We have been repping the school's name and motto since we've been there, and it's someone who wasn't a good person. In 1822, Bishop de Berg bought an enslaved couple and their children. A few years later, he transferred their ownership to Bishop Joseph Rosati, the first bishop of the Diocese of St. Louis. Ayanna Baldwin, Madison Miles' mom, says St. Louis has deep ties to slavery, but she's still disappointed. You don't think to research, let me make sure that before I let my daughter go to this school and pay $900 a month, that the person who's the namesake is not some slave owner. Bishop DeBerg and Rosati Kane are two of the latest Catholic institutions grappling with their history of slavery. Across the country, colleges and universities have been leading these efforts to put out the truth. There's a growing consortium of about 80 of them that study their legacies of slavery. That includes Georgetown University, which acknowledged that nearly 300 enslaved people were sold in 1838 to save the then-broke university from going under. The university went on to rename buildings after enslaved people. Loris College in Iowa removed a statue of its founder when it learned he owned enslaved people as well. But even with the universities leading the charge, the Catholic Church does not appear to have a clear blueprint to address its history with slavery. Kelly Schmidt is the research coordinator for the Jesuits' Slavery, History, Memory, and Reconciliation Project. We're really on the cusp of a big turning point as the Catholic Church in the United States comes to address its histories of exploiting African Americans and indigenous people and other marginalized groups. Schmidt says as more universities establish working groups to explore their institutions' ties to slavery, many are sharing best practices, things like connecting with the descendants of enslaved people. It's unclear what Rosati Kane or Bishop DeBerg High School will do next. Neither school has informed students about this history, nor would comment for this story. Bishop DeBerg senior Madison Miles wants her school's name changed and a bigger investment in its black students. 
But Ayanna Baldwin thinks a name change doesn't go far enough. I want you to do action. So you speak action to me by having a scholarship fund for specific individuals so that our young Black men and young Black women can get a good Catholic education. Tish Turner is a student at Rosati Kane. She wants her school to educate students and teachers about this uneasy history. We can't change the past. So moving forward, it's important that we teach people about it, educate them so that it won't come as a shock to others. While a spokeswoman for the Archdiocese of St. Louis declined an interview, she released a statement acknowledging that the schools are aware of the history. She says the Archdiocese wants to learn more and connect with descendants of enslaved people before deciding its next move. For NPR News, I'm Marissa Ann Lewis-Thompson in St. Louis. This story originally aired on NPR July 19th. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.